0: Welcome up your old soul, Speedy. The old phrase of the day is the hairy eyeball. What? Yeah, I, and this is a phrase I'd always heard from my like parents, but I never actually thought about what it meant. You've heard? Have you not heard hairy eyeball? Is that not as famous as I think it is?
1: No, I've never heard this. At least, not you've never as... heard of the
0: hairy eyeball.
1: No, as an expression, this is a thing your parents would would say, or they would I reference I think the my hairy parents eyeball.
0: Parents maybe other people maybe it wasn't my parents but i would always hear older people be like oh she's giving you the hairy eyeball or he's giving you the hairy eyeball whoa if you're an old soul at gmail.com if your parents constantly said that you were giving them the hairy eyeball do you want to take a guess what what uh what giving somebody the hairy eyeball means
1: sure it helped i thought it was too obvious what was that
0: I thought it was too obvious. Like, well, everyone knows the oh, yeah. hairy eyeball.
1: <laughs> I'm lobbing her an easy one over here.
2: <laughs>
0: well,
1: hearing you put it into a sentence was helpful, but it did confuse yeah, me because <laughs> when you said, given you the hairy eyeball, to me, that sounds like you're really batting your eyelashes and being flirtatious, like, mm, the hairy eyeball. But that would be a, a gross way to say it. And I don't know why your your parents or some parental figure would say that to you when you were a child. <laughs> so, I'm, with a question mark above my head, I'm an, I'm gonna stick to a flirtatious. <laughs> so um,
0: here's the thing. Yeah. That's what I thought it meant too, which is why I oh, used okay. it this week because I was so shocked. Because according to yourdictionary.com, uh, the, the Harry most Eyeball trusted sources. Nas- yes, yes. Apparently, <laughs> it's a nasty stare. So it's like a mean stare. I see. ironically my cat pepper who's always behind us during the podcast because we always record during her nap time which is promptly as soon as she wakes me up then it's time for her to nap she's done her job she's licking herself and bathing herself so she has a hairy eyeball herself right now but the look that she would give me right now if i tried to pet her apparently would be a hairy eyeball whereas i always thought that the hairy eyeball was like like you said flirtatious i like your take that it has to do with eyelashes that's actually really smart so respect to you
1: Wow. Thank you, Daniel. I I will take that respect to make up for the other times I never got it right and me not getting it
0: right this time. (laughs) You've been on a hot streak. I know we don't record this podcast often enough, but if people listen to it all in a row, they would be thinking Speedy's on the uptick. Like she's really figuring this out.
1: (laughs) But Yeah, but that that makes sense because I guess it is sort of an outdated-ish phrase to say, oh, that's a hairy situation or something like that, to use mm. Harry as a negative yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: Harry's negative connotation. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I use that phrase because I looked up phrases from the 70s on the internet, and if you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you think we used it wrong. Um, but we were talking about the quintessential albums of 1972, because Speedy and I had no idea this year was such a tremendous, had such a tremendous dearth <laughs> of, <laughs> of, <laughs> of musical content. Did I, did I use the word dearth right or no?
1: i you i laughed to cover in case it was wrong oh we're laughing at the misuse of the english language
0: (laughs) dearth might be wait is dearth a lot of it or not a lot of it it might be not a lot of it
1: it might not be a lot because to me i associate it with girth but i think yeah it's a lack of
0: something i was thinking of girth damn it oh i mixed up girth and dearth i don't deserve this podcast
1: Now you've got the oh, morbs, Daniel.
0: I've got the morbs. I've got the morbs. And I'm giving myself the hairy eyeball as I stare <laughs> at my diploma for, for journalism, <laughs> which hangs above our tables. Um, okay. So we're going to start today with some relevant news to people who were actually very famous in 1972. First off, Elton John and Britney Spears dropped a song this week. We're recording this on a Saturday, and uh, they dropped it, I think, yesterday or two days ago, called mm, Hold Me yesterday. Closer um so i actually have a before you and i just dig into elton john because we're not britney spears experts we're elton john lovers i asked a friend of the show my friend wit laxon who hosts the duff enough podcast which is a podcast that explores hillary duff's music and movie career
1: that's highly niche wow
0: i know and that's i feel like for people like us like those are the people that you and i are attracted to because like they're so authentic yeah you know like here's our podcast where we're like, no one's gonna listen because we're talking about a hundred years of history. It just happened to be th- at least thirty years ago. <laughs> and with him, it's like I'm only talking about somebody who has like four musical albums and had like three hit movies, and he's still going.
1: Wow, much respect. Mm.
0: Yeah, he's already mad at me. If he's listening to this, being like, you just disparaged Hillary Duff. I did not. Hillary <laughs> Duff is very important. <laughs> This is an old soul podcast. I'm just not going to get into her whole IMDb. Lizzie McGuire is very influential. Uh, he always tells me that Hillary Duff ended homophobia with her PSA. So she's Ooh. very important. I don't know
1: what that means, so I better listen to the podcast. Okay. He,
0: she was telling people to stop saying the F word. Oh, interesting. And that was a big deal. Because was, it was like, you know, when people wouldn't stop saying it. And people were listening to The Hangover. Wow. Okay. Did not know? That. I'm going to play. I asked him for 30 seconds of review of this song. That's essentially sampling tiny dancer and then has britney spears with her first song in six years and he gave me like a minute 45 so you ready to listen to a minute 45 review from a britney spears fanatic
1: oh yes from that's
2: very exciting okay
0: here's what Uh, wit had to say
2: i have been so emotional listening to hold me closer i keep getting chills it is so good to hear britney's iconic voice on newly recorded music for the first time in six years. It means so much to have Elton John supporting her in this way and cheering her on. And to see the response on social media has been amazing. We all love her and she just, she deserves the world. She is a legend and I love that now, I feel like this is the first song that she has released since really crossing over into that legendary status. She was kind of on the cusp of it in 2016 when her album Glory came out. But now she is just being honored for the pop icon that she is. And I was telling someone else earlier today, I remember when Prince came out at the Golden Globes a few years before his death and just how the audience responded. They were so excited. And I feel like, I don't know, people who grew up in what, the 70s, 80s, how they felt about Prince in that moment is how my generation feels about Britney. And it's only going to get better with time. So she just truly is a legend, a pop icon. She is the princess of pop and we love her. And I hope this gives her confidence to really be the powerhouse that she is. She is one of the greats and I love her so much.
0: Oh, he just said it's... I cut it off. He was about to say it's Britney B-word. Oh. Uh, I have to say, I really appreciate Wit finding an old soul angle for us, even if I disagree with that take. I appreciate that he brought up Prince to bring it to our niche. I really agree. I, I appreciate that. They did that.
1: Right, And I, I really appreciate you playing that because, yeah, I do think that is a really great thing for Britney. But like you say, we're more invested in the Elton John aspect of this. Whereas, I don't think I could have said those beautiful words about Britney Spears. I, I agree, and I'm like, wow, that's wonderful. You're so right. She is a legend. Good for her. It's been six years. But that's, I immediately, it was like, Elton John. You know, I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> fixated on that. You know? I know, <laughs>
0: so. I know. For us, we're like, so. oh, he's just going to continue, like, taking one of his recordings from 50 years ago that's very famous and letting a modern singer have a hit with it. Right, um, right.
1: Because to me, like, I, I'm like, hmm, new song with Britney Spears no mm-hmm. it's really a mm-hmm. remix of the old one and that's cool for her but is this a new elton john song to me no <laughs> so.
0: but like, i'm crusty at least with cold, so you know. with cold heart and um Dua Lipa, which has over a billion listens on spotify which wow. is like double anything he has i checked um, oh my gosh at least with that it was like combining four songs and yes one of them is rocket man his quintessential hit but like because there were three other ones that aren't that known, it kind of felt new. Because you don't always mm-hmm. know his other songs. With this one, it's called Homely Closer." Yeah. It has that is the line from the chorus of Tony Tiny Dancer. I almost said Tony Danza. Tony Dancer. Watch show Friends. Uh, so it's just like, okay, we just took Tiny Dancer. But you know what? Here's why this makes me happy. Um, one after the conservatorship documentary, i I want Britney Spears, you know, to succeed again. Yes, I feel do bad that, for all the opinions I had as a kid because the internet told me to. Mm-hmm. So I'm pumped for her. Number two, I'm pumped that like catchy songs are still catchy songs. Like I think Elton John's last two hits have proven that like it isn't about what era you came in. Mm-hmm. It's about like if a song is good, it's good, and like his music is resurfacing 50 years later and people still like it.
1: It's true. Yeah, I'm glad that a, a remixy thing could be topping the charts um i mean this one is doing fairly well i don't know where it's sitting but
0: um when I, mean, I looked it up on youtube
1: where... <laughs> it was number nine on trending oh wow that means okay, anything
0: <laughs> okay thank you for looking it up because I, I meant to and i didn't get to see like where it was yeah um,
1: if it's on any sort of more legitimate chart i have no idea but i think it's doing well <laughs>
0: oops it is I remember, everyone's is talking about it I I did a lot of research for our 1972 albums digest. Uh, I did do a lot of research on like, but on like this recording, I was reading the Guardian article about it um, about how like Cold Heart with Dua Lipa made him the first solo artist to score a UK top ten single in six different decades. Whoa! So he's still going, and he said like he wants to do this like every summer and make like fun little hits with his oh, old songs. And well, that's fun. He's, apparently she recorded it says that spears arrived with her vocals warmed up <laughs> i don't know how like was she in the limo being like
1: ah! <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs>
0: she's like good to go we don't have much time i'm i'm lubricated let's do this thing <laughs> and uh he said uh quote everyone she's he said quote she sang fantastically everyone was saying they don't think she can sing anymore but I said she was brilliant when she started, so I think she can, and she did it, and I was so thrilled with what she did.
1: Oh see, I just must not be up to date yeah, I must not be up to date on the uh, Britney Spears drama or what her public perception is, because yeah, she she's she's a great and very talented singer. I would expect her to show up and still know how to sing.
0: <laughs> yeah, well there's like there's like clips of her on like Star Search as a kid where she is like an amazing voice, and then there was mm. all the repudiated opinions that she was just kind of like phoning it in with her recordings in more recent years and like just doing like that "Ah," voice (laughs) um but if elton believes in somebody i believe in somebody and i do want to say from an old soul perspective that like elton has been doing this from the like since the get-go because i listened to an interview with neil sadaka who um was like a 50s early 60s teen idol kind of guy who singing like he wrote the song like i love i love i love my little calendar girl (laughs) every single day um and then the beatles came and his career was over until elton john was like hey i loved you and i want to help you so his record company rocket like signed him and was like we're gonna get you a hit and then he had his biggest hit of his career which is laughter in the rain you know
2: ooh, i hear laughter in the rain
0: um
2: this is so a great like way Elton. to
1: not uh, be guilty of copyright infringement if you just sing each one instead of us playing. <laughs> that's what I've.
0: That's what I've done. I've been like I'll just <laughs> sing it for two bars, and uh, what are you gonna do? Is parody? Did I say rain? No, I said hail. <laughs> Ooh, I hear laughing in the hail. Hail. <laughs> hail. Um, so like, Elton John's been helping people for like fifty years, and he clearly wanted to do it with Britney and help her here with her first thing in six years. That's I do great. though. Um, <laughs> Because this is clearly going to be his thing and he even said he's going to keep doing this, I, I came up with m- more ideas for Elton John <laughs> to take one famous line from a song of his and then collab with somebody else and let them sing with it.
1: Ooh, that's a fun idea.
0: So, uh, I'm complimenting I have, you. <laughs> thank you. When I was down, I was your clown with Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll, they'll redo Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Uh, you know I read it in a magazine featuring Doja Cat. Wow. When they do Benny and the Jets.
1: I could see that. I could see that.
0: Uh, and he shall be Lizzo. <laughs> They'll redo Levon, but with Lizzo. With Lizzo,
1: that's great. <laughs> um, Lizzo.
0: La, 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 featuring Cardi B. Wait. When they do Crocodile Rock.
1: Oh my God.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just don't see why he can't keep going. He, every year he's just going to take a famous line from one of his songs, let somebody sing with it, and he'll just yeah. chill.
1: Yeah, if Cardi B rapped the lyrics to Crocodile Rock, I think, wow. Ooh. That would would explode. Or I feel like Doja Cat would have fun with that.
0: Um, Do you have a lot of Doja Cat opinions?
1: uh, I just know the song that accidentally led to her fame. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's a a video she posted with a song called Moo, and she's dressed up like a cow. Um and I'm going to have to curse fun. to sing the lyrics, but she's just like, bitch, I'm a cow, bitch, I'm a cow. I'm not a cat. I don't say meow. Um, and she posted should it do... just to post it. And it worked? Yeah, and, and it just blew up, and that led to her becoming famous.
0: We should do like a monthly segment where we bring on people who know pop culture. Yeah. And they tell us about it. And we're like, really? That was happening this whole time? <laughs> it's like a guildenstern and rosencrantz are dead lion king one and a half where we're like that was going on during the plot of my life it has billions of views and i had no idea
1: <laughs> yeah the react format's pretty popular these days is what i hear that's true we could just react to things we don't know look at these young people not knowing their time
0: but it'd be like danny and speedy find out about the backstreet boys <laughs> we have a lot of catching up to do before we get to 2022. (laughs) Um, And then speaking of piano men, Olivia Rodrigo performed Uptown Girl with Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden this week. She popped up.
1: She did. And you know what? I I looked it up and I just typed in Olivia Rodrigo, Billy Joel, expecting to just Mm -hmm. see the Uptown Girl performance. But the first thing that was linked, it was her song Deja Vu. And I clicked Mm -hmm. it and it was her just singing her own song and Billy Joel in the background just playing the piano for her. So at first I went, he, he got relegated to her her instrumentalist. But then I saw the full clip and I said, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that, that, the reason that they're associated is because that song, Deja Vu, has a lyric about Uptown Girl in it. Does it? So she mentions it.
1: Thank you for and explaining. I appreciate
0: that. I, well, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know it. I read this yesterday. Uh, but that's what happened although I do actually like Olivia Rodrigo a lot Hmm. anyone who writes their own songs and plays instruments I'm like respect Uh, you're Um,
1: teaching me things about her that's good to know about
0: her (laughs) I (laughs) I only brought it up because something funny happened Um, Olivia Rodrigo is like a top five most famous musician in America good to know (laughs) for people under 15 but most people at a Billy Joel concert are not under 15. So Mm. I'm going to read you the excerpt from the article about this from Rolling Stone. Mm. The first sign that Rodrigo was in the house took place midway through the night when the band quietly started playing the intro to Deja Vu, though a few people in the arena seemed to recognize what was happening. (laughs) The young members of the crowd squealed with delight as she walked out while their parents tried to figure out what was happening. Hey, guys, she said facing perhaps the most subdued crowd of her brief career as a touring artist. <laughs> you have all these, like, 70-year-old people from Long Island being like, and? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you?
1: Well, thank goodness those people brought their children and grandchildren along with them. Or dragged True them, True to explain.
0: Perhaps. This person's a very big deal. She was at the White House. She met with Joe Biden. Really? She like swept the Grammys.
1: Whoa. Yeah. I I I knew none of this, Danny.
0: Well, I wouldn't say she swept the Grammys. I'm sorry, but she won some Grammys, and that was cool. Wow.
1: Even though she's um, only had a brief touring career, according to that article, yeah. this is me absorbing everything about her at once. Okay.
0: I I'm like there are some artists that I follow, and like her and Harry Styles.
1: Mm. Yes, and like Harry. Billy I like. Eilish, Yes.
0: And like Bruno Mars. Like oh, They are yes. like they have old soulness to them. So They
1: do. Ooh, a, a new person pack. I like. Do you like Anderson Pack?
0: Pack. Is it Pack or Paak?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've always, always said Pack.
0: I've always said Pack. Pac. If you're an old soul huh. at gmail.com. Or if you're a new soul. If you're a new soul, email if you're an old soul. <laughs> yes, he is awesome. I've been in love with him. Well, A, LeBron put one of his songs in like NBA 2K14. So that's how I knew about him. But then he had a tiny desk where he played the drums and sang. Oh, and I was like, "This guy rocks." So I, I kind of already loved him because of the Tiny Desk. And then Bruno Mars did an album with him. They mm-hmm. they actually like destroyed the Grammys last year. And I was like, oh, "This guy's awesome."
1: Oh, I'm glad they did. I didn't know if, that they had Do any you know success if the with Grammys, that. Grammys
0: exist. Do you I know about haven't them? watched
1: them in years because I figure I'm You're not like... going to know who's there. <laughs> I used to try to watch as a kid, and I was like, "Who is this Rihanna?" I don't know, and there was nothing <laughs> in it for me
0: yeah they didn't they did win album of the year but they're um i think leave the door open won like song of the year and record of the year or something like that they won wow they won like some of those big awards and they like both got up synchronized at the same time with sunglasses on in (laughs) las vegas and it was like i want to party with those guys so bad (laughs) but yes i'm glad you like him him and leon bridges both are like super soulful and i love them
1: writing down leon bridges (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, um anyway i made another list for billy joel songs to be recorded oh with good modern artists. <laughs> um and the waitresses practicing politics featuring little uzi vert <laughs> north korea south korea marilyn monroe with dj khaled
1: is dj khaled still relevant
0: I don't know. He's in commercials and stuff.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: You Catholic girls start much too late with Jack Harlow. <laughs> um, this is just for New Jersey people. Who needs a house out in Hackensack with Megan Thee Stallion? Ooh, I'm telling you. That's exciting. <laughs> Who needs a house, house out in Hackensack? Hack. Is that all you get for, for your, your money? So, true story. I always say money like the professor we both had in college, Michelle Dupin. He's from (laughs) the Netherlands, because he would always say, money. So I always say, is that all you get for your money? Money. (laughs) Okay.
1: That is my favorite line from the song. Anyway. Anyway.
0: (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad, because I've actually been to Hackensack, New Jersey, because I grew up in that state. I didn't know if you'd been to Hackensack.
1: I've probably driven through Hackensack, because I have family from Jersey. Um, Yeah. Oh, really? My dad. He's from Jersey. dad's from Jersey? You didn't know my dad's from Jersey? He's from Elizabeth, oh, part, New Jersey.
0: He is? That's yeah. next to Atkinsack.
1: Is it next to Ack- Then I've definitely driven through Atkinsack because I've been to Elizabeth.
0: I would say they're nearby each other. Yeah, they're both okay. like then on maybe the transit did. line. <laughs> um, okay. Our big topic today, of course, is the albums of 1972. But real quick, we did not get to it two, three weeks ago. So speaking of Olivia's, let's quickly say Olivia Newton-John, I love you.
1: Yes. I love you, Olivia Newton-John, and I love that segue, Danny.
0: Thank you. Speaking of Olivia's. Speaking of Olivia's. The pe- the <laughs> ultimate Olivia. I saw Olivia Newton-John in concert in 2006, like all 11-year-olds, <laughs> <laughs> with my dad. The thing is, I don't know if you had this too, because like, I grew up watching Grease a lot. I rewatched it the day she died, of course. Mm. Um, yes, I was in
1: uh, Grease Jr. as a kid. Oh really? Oh yeah, all those songs are burned into my brain.
0: The whole time I was watching, and I was like, "Did they change every lyric?" Oh yeah, for kids. Like, how do like it's done in every high school? It's, how do they do that?
1: It's it's pretty funny actually. There's um, what's the line in Summer Loving? It's something like, "We made out a fight? under the dock," and then in Grease Junior, it's "We told jokes under the dock,"
0: <laughs> <laughs> and those jokes were doidy. <laughs> hey lady <laughs> but there's a line where it's like uh splashing around like oh no got me so damp he slammed by me got me so damp or something like that like there's a lot of innuendo oh wow and and, and in greece light, lighting they straight up say p word magnet wow or wagon p word wagon they say that word and tina was like whoa
1: whoa okay so being in greece jr has actually made me not know some of the real lyrics because i had no idea that
0: Oh, that's so funny yeah yeah no there are some really dirty lines i mean they say sloppy seconds in that movie there's oh. a scene with a condom i mean it's a dirty movie but mm. that's not what we're talking about we're talking about living doing john um a lot of the discourse from her death was about like how big of a crush people had on her in the 70s and that movie like specifically the leather pants but like i was such a grease fan and nerd that like i had never thought of her as like a very like i mean obviously she was a very beautiful person but like that wasn't why i liked sandy i thought it's because her voice rocked (laughs) you know what i mean like i thought hopelessly devoted to you was beautiful like that's why i loved greece it wasn't because i had a crush on her at five
1: that's so funny because yeah this, this is how dense i am i never even considered to this day that that is what people would remember her for to me i'm also like wow she really let her vocals shine in the song hopelessly yeah. devoted if, if you think olivia newton john that should be the first thing you think of in my brain um so that's very funny i did not consider that aspect at all
0: <laughs> uh, yeah no I, I think to anyone who's listening who's like danny like you're an idiot how can that not be what attracted you to that <laughs> to olivia newton john it's right, just to her voice, romantic really? in her most like, famous film yeah exactly and when she puts on like one of the sexiest outfits that's known in film history ever um in the same way that kids watch Grease and don't realize how dirty it is right they don't realize it till later in life we we just skip over those things we don't think about how the movie is primarily about sex and we don't think about it at all i never really thought of what we john as like this sex symbol at the end of the movie i just yeah. thought like she was really good at singing summer nights she could skip really well around (laughs) the 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 outdoor cafeteria (laughs) yeah so so like it's just yeah it's become part of the discourse where for me i was like she's like an amazing voice that's like all i thought about right
1: and even though i guess you're right it's it's a very you know do i call it a sex driven film i just don't think of it that way at all because it's so goofy you know you got john travolta going say
0: you know, and... and <laughs> Sandy!
1: <laughs> <Why-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi>.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: I think this is why I like this podcast, because it's from the perspective of people who love this stuff, but didn't grow up then. So we're just going to have a, a different viewpoint than people who were alive back then. Even if right. we end up liking the same things on paper, the reasons are going to be different. And for us, we just love the music a lot and had no idea the movie was about sex or that John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John were heartthrobs in
1: 1978. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, John Travolta is a heartthrob. To me, just a funny dude.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like (laughs) if you if you knew about *Pulp Fiction* at the same time as *Grease*, like you're just not gonna unsee those things, you know? Right. Or like for me, I mean, I definitely knew *Grease* before *Hairspray*. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. But once
0: I knew *Hairspray*, I I couldn't be like, "Well, John Travolta must have been really attractive back then," you know? But he was a big deal. He had saturnite fever the same year. So this was his big year. And um, one day I want us to do a podcast episode about Xanadu, the movie that Livy and John did with Gene Kelly that bombed.
1: You know what? I've always had it on my list. I always feel like a liar when I say on my list because does anybody really have a list? But I I do mean I've always meant to see that because it sounds like a time.
0: Yeah, and the album, like, did really well. The movie just didn't do well. But, like, Jeff Lynne from Electric Light Orchestra did a lot of the music. I've always really wanted to see it. Um, But in conclusion, Olivia, we're sorry we were late to say it, but we're just trying to keep the discourse going. We just want people to keep talking about you because we love you so much. And um, everyone's talking about the song Physical, but I loved the song Sam. Ooh. Which is one of her songs that sounds, like, hopelessly devoted to you, but... (laughs) It all comes back to that, olivia newton john singing about heartbreak is unassailable she kicks ass at singing about heartbreak
1: we love this sad sad lady we love you at your saddest
0: (laughs) i've been so good about not cursing on this podcast i don't think i've ever done it but the time i finally break is when i'm just so excited and amped up about olivia newton john that's where i finally (laughs) shed my news anchor persona i get rid of not cursing i lose my professionalism because i'm just so fired up talking about a libby newton john and that's why we have this podcast
1: if you if you folks at home could see the hand gestures that i just witnessed on this video (laughs) chat the man is amped there was pointing
0: i went Full New Jersey, like both my hands were talking. I was like, you people don't understand how big of a deal Olivia Newton-John was in my childhood, okay?
1: Oh, it's rubbing off on me, Daniel. I might have driven by Hackensack one time, okay? <laughs> you don't know. You don't know what how I'm capable
0: of. How big of a deal this movie was. <laughs> also, as speaking speak New Jersey, just one more thing and then we'll move on. Um, I was listening to the Rewatchables podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts, but sometimes they say something that's wrong, and <gasps> I get it, because I'm sure I've said things that are wrong on this podcast. It's hard to get every single fact right, but since it's out there, I would like to correct it, because it's important to me. They did their Greece episode after she died, and they kept saying that Barry Gibb sings the opening song for Grease.
2: <gasps>
0: he wrote it. He does not sing it. Yes. The opening song for Grease... Is sung by New Jersey's own Frankie Valley from Frankie Valley in the four seasons.
1: Yes. Wow. I, I suppose I can understand the confusion if you don't totally know the fair. four seasons. And you do associate Barry Gibb with the song, right? Because he he penned it, but right, that's that's not if you know Barry Gibbs' voice, it is in a whole other register yes. than Frankie yes.
0: And... F- like Frankie Valley obviously is known for having like a high pitched falsetto, but right. this is in 1978 and his prime is like 1961, so he's not singing like a BG anymore. Yeah. You right, know? And he doesn't he's,
1: sing like a BG on this track at all, really.
0: No, he's Frankie Valley's voice. Yeah. Now I'm trying, I think he's like 88, so I'm trying to do the math on how old he would have been on this. He would have been in, in his 40s, so he's, yeah, he's not singing like a BG at this point, but it was like his big comeback song, so I was really mad when I kept saying that. Even though they got plenty of other stuff right. Had to say it. Okay.
1: Thank you for setting the record straight for the cross section <laughs> of people that listen to that podcast episode and this podcast. I've episode. had enough! <laughs> enough! You will not disparage Frankie Valley on this podcast. Oh, his veins are popping. <sighs>
0: I, don't know I might curse again. <laughs> you know
1: what it, it's okay this is the one to let it out g- 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 oh, give me your I'm best like man.
0: <laughs> okay here's the thing okay you're breaking my okay no. <laughs> all right our main topic of the day are the albums of 1972 because we've not gotten to this yet we're already halfway through the year so i'm kind of ashamed of it but this year is absolutely loaded with like quintessential pieces of certain famous musicians catalogs yes okay i'm gonna read the list of albums that came out that year and then we can pick them apart Excellent.
1: okay i'm very excited folks at home exile
0: on main street which is often regarded as num- the number two greatest rolling stones album ever to sticky fingers but they were right next to each other back to back and a lot of their sessions were the same so they're pretty similar uh, rolling stone has that album marked number seven on the 500 greatest albums of all time in their 2003 list and then dropped to 14 in the 2020 edition. So big album. And there's a lot of great stories of drugs I'm gonna read in a bit. The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Yes. Often considered the best David Bowie album.
1: Oh yeah. I had Moonage Daydream stuck in my head for three (laughs) months straight last year. It was to the point of torment. Just... Have you
0: watched Guardians of the Galaxy? Is that why?
1: No, I was just listening to that song, and I went, gee, this is awfully good, isn't it? And I re- put it <laughs> on repeat, and then I listened to it too many times, and it got stuck in my head, and I actually could not get it out for three months.
0: <laughs> That'd be a good song to um, read the lyrics to, because I feel like I, learned, I have to learn them over and over again, because I always get them wrong. Oh. the chorus is it's uh, got a
1: great first line though
0: i'm an yeah. alligator, I'm, an alligator. <laughs> I'm a mama papa I'm coming, coming for, you. for you i'm space, space invader Vader. i'll be rock a rock and roll, roll. beep <laughs> for you. you yeah yeah the song rocks yeah. cool. but that album also has separate jet city mm-hmm. and ziggy dar stardust and um Starman, Man, oh, yeah. a song that became way more popular after it was in The Martian
1: oh, with Matt okay. Damon.
0: For, for modern people. It was already famous for David Bowie lovers. So that album's out there. Uh, Can't Buy a Thrill, the Steely Dan album that has Reeling in the Years and Do It Again on it. Um, Talking Book, Stevie Wonder album that has Superstition and Sunshine of My Life. Man. And then the one that Speedy is waiting for me to say.
1: <gasps> yes, I am.
0: Har
1: By ha
0: um, the album that has "Heart of Gold," "Needle and Damage Done," and "Old Man" on it.
1: Oh yes, oh boy, and we're so- still going. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and they're. Um-
0: Sorry, can yeah continue?
1: Oh oh no, uh, I-, I was just gonna list more tracks, <laughs> 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 but but the folks can look it up. I I don't have to gush about every single one. <laughs> um, Jamie,
0: have you ever listened to, to a man means-
1: needs a maid? Have you listened to the I man have. scream? I have.
0: Uh, it was on his, the decade greatest hit CD that my mom had in the car. The, like, double CD that has, like, him with, like, the guitar.
1: Wow. Oof.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's fair. I think that song is fair to bring up as one of his other hits. just that Heart of Gold is, like, his most famous It is It is most famous.
1: But you know group. what? I actually like it the least of his hits, believe it or not. Yes, all New like Young it.
0: fans, same way that Kiss fans feel about, like, rock and roll all night, all Neil mm-hmm. Young fans really don't care about Heart of Gold that much. Right. Because it's too played.
1: Yeah. Have you listened to Alabama? What's going wrong, Alabama? Come on. other albums.
0: We Come have to on. get to the other albums. We can't only talk about
1: Harvest. I play. know. We have to move on. We have to move on. My Neil Young takes can are you
0: wait. Good? Are you good?
1: I'm recovering. Are you good? I'm recovering. I'm okay. holding back from telling you a song that's a better replacement for Hard of Gold. But we could. Let's go. Stop.
0: Let's get- Stop. You are- I know you're excited. I know. This is not... This is not, hey, let's talk about harvest. We can do a harvest episode. You want to do a harvest episode?
1: You know, I'd love to.
0: Let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. It's just that after the gold rush is better.
1: It is. It is.
0: Ooh, all right. We are friends again. Okay. <laughs> uh also Nick Drake has his big album, Pink Moon, which was not a commercial success, but has been very influential mm-hmm. over the last fifty years. And I love that album. Yeah. Uh I read a story that Elton John recorded a bunch of covers in 1970 cuz he loved Nick Drake so much.
1: Oh, so. we're bringing it back to Elton John.
0: To Elton. And apparently according to the BBC, Brad Pitt is a big fan of Nick Drake and presented a Radio 2 documentary about him in 2004. So, really, he's pretty mainstream. <laughs> um Deep Purple has Machine Head with Highway Star and Smoke in the Water on it. There is the most famous the most loved Grateful Dead live album, Europe 72, which I don't want to reveal how much money I spent on a limited edition version of it this year when I saw it was remastered on vinyl. But let's just say we've been doing this podcast out of a box. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I just learned something. I did not know that you were in any way a deadhead. Is this true?
0: Yes, and I don't think that started happening until senior year of high school. Um. I just like suddenly slowed down and got it. I think for a long time, I was like, bam, bam, wham, bam. <laughs> and then I finally like chilled, got like a full time job. And then I was like, man, this band can really just kind of keep you in like a good, sustained mood. Yeah. It's
1: a, as, as they say, that. a jam band.
0: They're a jam, jam band. Jam. Now I live in Colorado, so I'm very qualified to talk about jam bands. <laughs> um,. Honky Chateau by Elton John, which isn't like one of his best albums at all, but it has Rock-A-Man on it, so that's why it's famous. And it has one of my favorite Elton John songs, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Superfly by Curtis Mayfield, very big album. Al Green, Let's Stay Together. Paul Simon's first album since Leaving Simon and Garfunkel, which has me and Julio down by the schoolyard and Mother and Child Reunion. Ooh. Now, there's another album that's very influential called The Slider by T-Rex. T-Rex, the dude that sings, get a gong, get it on. What's the that, that song go? Get it on, get a gong. What is it? I don't know what song you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but we
0: can't play a clip of the real
1: song. You have to keep singing it to me until I yeah, get Yeah, bang a
0: gong. Bang a gong, get it on. He's like a very beloved glam rock guy who unfortunately died early. But I emailed
2: uh,
0: a man who's been on our podcast before, a friend of the show, (laughs) named Stuart Berman from Pitchfork, who came on when we did our Charlie Watts Rolling Stones episode.
1: Goodness.
0: Who, when my brother listened to the episode, was like, you had Stuart Berman on and didn't tell me. So I guess (laughs) if you are a big Pitchfork people, which we are in my household, then he's a celebrity. To us music nerds, he is.
1: And now you just reach out like old friends.
0: Okay, I well, I was I wasn't, uh, that's not why I was saying it. I, uh, <laughs> I wasn't trying to name drop. I was just...
1: I'm, I'm trying to give you a little pat on the back. Isn't no, that exciting uh,
0: for you? No, I was just... Uh, <laughs> I was setting it up for people who don't read Pitchfork. They should know. They should know. Drew Berman is very loved by people who like
1: contemporary music reviews. And it's Okay. It is genuinely very exciting for you. Sorry, tell your story. I
0: emailed, him a, I emailed Stuart Berman a list of albums from 1972 asking him what his favorite was. And I had did not have the T-Rex album on there. And here's what he said. Hey, Danny, good to hear from you. Hope all is well. Here. Oh, he said, all is well here. Hope it's the same for you. While all the albums you listed are certified classics, I hereby submit a write-in vote. T-Rex is the slider. This is Mark Bolin at the peak of his powers the perfect fusion of primal riff rock, raunch, and hazy cosmic jive. This is what Ziggy Stardust was blasting on the spaceship. Cheers, Stuart. Whoa. So now I'm like, oh, I got to listen to this album. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying now. He sold me. What did, he, what did he say? This hazy is, cosmic jive? Is that what he said?
0: Yeah. Can we just get into his prose? Yeah. This is Mark Bolin at the peak of his powers. The perfect fusion of primal riff rock, raunch, and hazy cosmic jive. Ooh. This is what Ziggy Stardust was blasting on his spaceship.
1: Ooh, the alliteration. It's just good on the tongue. I know. Riff Very raff. good writing. Yeah.
0: And I know him, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the now types I'll of brag. personal
1: emails that you get to receive now wow (laughs) riffraff
0: um yeah he but i've always heard t-rex kind of like nick drake is like very beloved by music artists like he's like your favorite singer's favorite singer he's one of those very influential but just died young like nick drake
1: no
0: um and speaking of people who've been on this podcast when we had jeremy swift on from ted lasso who played higgins he said his favorite band ever was Roxy Music, which is pretty very British band that I didn't know. And I looked at Spin dot com's top five albums from 1972, and they went Roxy Music number one. Their okay. Roxy Music self titled album. So clearly, the people that come on this podcast know way more about music than us, which is why we reach out to them. Wow. So thanks, thanks everyone. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Do you want to guess what the best-selling album 1972 was? It hasn't been listed yet. Ooh. According to bestsellingalbums.org. It hasn't
1: been listed yet.
0: It has not been listed.
1: Hmm. Can, can you play Jeopardy uh, okay, I'll music read you for five. a second? Oh, you can give me choices? Okay.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'm going to read you five through two, and then you can guess number one. Okay. Number five is Song For You by The Carpenters. Oh. His first, their first big song. Number four is the greatest hits album of Bread. The band Bread. <laughs> Number three is Ziggy Stardust. Number two is Harvest. Number, Number two. one. Okay, here's what I'm gonna tell you. Number one is a greatest hits album, but can you guess whose greatest hits album? I'll give you a hint, they had recently broken up.
1: Oh. Uh is this Beatles related?
0: <coughs> you would think. And I said it like that to lead you there, but it's not. It's Simon and Garfunkel's Greatest Hits.
1: Oh, You fiend. I should <laughs> have <that> known. Isn't that crazy?
0: <laughs> Isn't that wild? I mean, Bridge Over Troubled Water and Let It Be both came out in 1970. I don't know if the Beatles had a Greatest Hits CD by 72 or album, but Simon and Garfunkel. You know that one with like, I had it growing up. It's like the one of like, he's got like the cap on, like the mustache, you know, they're like standing there. Oh, he has yeah. like a striped shirt on. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah the,
0: that album apparently isn't that crazy that
1: is crazy wow to, yeah to me it seems too soon for that but i guess you needed to be in the wake of, of their breakup to still to be yearning
0: I, yeah that much i didn't even know like greatest hits albums were like a thing yeah back then if you're an old soul at gmail.com if you want to tell us when you first saw greatest hits albums thank you yeah I th- can i read you some drug stories from <laughs> exile on main street Yes, please. The Rolling Stones album.
1: I love Drugs and the Pros. Yes.
0: This album has a lot of lore dripped around it because it's when the Rolling Stones were living in the south of France as tax exiles because the royalty taxes were too big in England and they were worried about losing all their possessions, so they just lived in the south of France. Which meant a lot of drugs were pumping into that album. <laughs> um I'm gonna read some stories from the New York Post article. As Richards was picking up uh, Marlon's toys in the living room one night, I assume that's his son. Uh, somebody watched him grab a mystery pill off the floor. Bam! He throws it down his throat. He says, <laughs> "Who knows what he put? Who who knows what he put in his mouth?" But that's Keith. Could have been a vitamin, but I don't think so. Not in that house.
1: Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Another story. With a hit of smack, Richards says, I could work through anything and not give a damn. One night, Richards passed out upstairs after putting Marlon to bed, his code for getting loaded. Johns found him with the needle still in his arm, blood splattered or spattered on the walls. The studio whiz poked the rock legend to see if he was still alive. Of course, he picks up the guitar, which he was in bed with, goes, oh yeah, and starts playing.
1: Whoa. Whoa. wait. (laughs) I wish I had a more interesting reaction than just shock, but that's. I know we're just, just so, we're,
0: you and I were just such goody two shoes. we like, whoa! I don't even know what to do with that.
1: Right, like if I am legitimately sick and I need to take Dayquil, let's say, I scrutinize the little measuring cup and I go, <laughs> I, I don't want to have eleven milliliters. Ten is what the bottle oh, says.
0: Uh, so. I know. A- apparently, John Lennon once came in with Yoko and threw up in front of the stairs. So. A lot of people were coming in and doing drugs and stuff.
1: Well. It's just a life that I I, uh it's hard to conceive of being real. And strangely (laughs) that catapults them more into stardom for me. They just don't seem like real people. Wow.
0: I know. Also like nineteen seventy two being fifty years ago. Like what do I do with that?
1: Oh no, don't say things like that, Danny. (laughs) Half a Um, century? No.
0: (laughs) <laughs> it's just so long ago I want to talk about that Stevie Wonder album real quick oh, yeah. Because I looked up who won album of the year That year And it was actually the concert for Bangladesh The George Harrison live album The benefit concert But it had come out in December of 1971 And then the next year The album that came out in 73 that won Was Stevie Wonder's album Inner Visions. So no album from 1972 Actually won album of the year At the Grammys
1: Wow in this wonderful, which wonderful is why year. it's our
0: job <laughs> just give to
1: give them the recognition we finally deserve. Yeah, <laughs> um,
2: who would you give
0: album of the year to? You want me to read you the list again? <laughs>
1: um, well, I mean, if I'm boring, Harvest, but I'm gonna try to pick something else that's not Harvest.
0: <laughs> I think we should uh, give it a Ziggy Stardust. I, I was gonna say, I,
1: I think it's gotta be Ziggy. Yeah, that that album is just too huge too associated yeah. with his legacy um i mean he's alive but still his legacy um,
0: i looked up the rolling stones readers polls for neil young and david bowie to see like what their number one albums were according to the audience mm-hmm. and both those albums were voted number one. Oh wow Siggy stardust being david bowie's best album and harvest being neil young's best album so two of the biggest rock singers ever their best albums came out that year so one of them should probably get it and thankfully cd wonder one the next year. And I actually looked it okay. up. The Guardian said his best album was Songs in the Key of Life. Talking Book, the one that came out in 72, that had Superstition and Sunshine of My Life on it, was number three. So really? lots of big albums coming out for big artists.
1: the Big, big artists. Isn't that fun? love.
0: All right. Before we wrap up, let me ask you, Speedy. Yes. Which three albums would you take on a desert island?
1: Wow. That's a great question.
2: Hmm. i have to
1: think deeply about it which is not fun for you
0: <laughs> paul simon self-titled al green superfly honky chateau catch bullet four by Cat stevens uh, europe 72 machine head pink moon harvest talking book something anything by todd rundegrin can't buy a thrill by Seely dan which has reeling in the years and do it again on it rise and fall of ziggy stardust exile on main street also the yes album close to the edge and stewart Burman, my best friend's favorite the slider by t-rex which three are you taking on a desert island s molly dominic wow
1: um well to be boring i'll take the two that we've already identified as being the winners because i love them from the bottom of my heart so harvest and ziggy <laughs> have to come um mm-hmm. but i also mm, i don't know i might take uh, curtis mayfield with me Gotta gotta Ooh, have some soul answer. on that al- uh, on that island, not on that album. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's a very cool album. Um,
1: Cause I own it.
0: Um, it <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: please say on vinyl. Please say on vinyl. On
0: vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next question. Was can you guess how many of these albums I have on vinyl? Oh boy.
1: I, I I'm, gonna, I'm um, gonna do a percentage. I'm gonna say maybe seventy percent. Okay. Oh, is it less?
0: I include. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. How? Okay. So, how many total are there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15? No, I don't think I have 70%. I have Eggs on Main Street, Zicky Stardust. Um, I don't think I have Harvest. I have the other one that we like. Um,. <laughs> I have Europe 72, I have Catch Bullet 4, I have Superfly. Okay. So I have like a good.
1: So you you're 40%. about to go to the Desert Island. You can only sling 3 of your precious precious vinyls into your knapsack, <laughs> Which are coming?
0: Well, here's the thing, Speedy. Europe 72 is a triple album, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just bringing the Dead and Vibes. And I'll be good to go. Um, no, I would probably bring Ziggy Stardust. Thank Europe you. Europe seventy
2: two. And
0: I feel like I have never listened to the Slider by T Rex, but Stuart Berman told me to like it. So let me get a new thing since I've already listened to the old other ones so many times. <laughs> let me get one that I haven't listened to. That's that true. way I'll have something new. Yeah, you have something So I'll take new. that album. Because yeah. Stuart Berman told me to.
1: That's great. You'll you'll get a lot more mileage out of that. And I I truly I just don't see how you can go wrong with with a cosmic jive.
0: <laughs> cosmic jive. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Which album, if it came out today, would immediately work?
1: Cosmic jive. Come on, <laughs> Daniel.
0: You've never listened to T Rex. I Still? know.
1: I just trust the man so
0: i know i know no, that that
1: would Im-, we- I'm sure that would immediately work but who who knows who's to say um
0: i do think with the way that anderson pock or pack <laughs> and bruno mars conquered last year yeah with their s- silk sonic that there's a good chance that stevie wonder would do just fine if his album came out
1: yeah i, I like that and i would also vote pink moon might do well mm. because that's a good one yeah with with the Billie eilish's and the people being be sad and making it cool um yes. yes
0: that's it and i think i'm not sure you would have billy eilish without nick drake like we had singer-songwriters Like we obviously we had bob dylan we had carol king but like he was one of the first to be like i'm gonna be sad while i do it yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to write poems here. I'm not Joni Mitchell. I'm not Joan Baez. I'm not trying to solve the world. Right. I'm just really sad. <laughs> like, you wouldn't have Phoebe Bridgers or Elliot Smith without him or, like, The Cure I was reading about.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And apparently Elton John loved him. So I think that's a good influential one. That would probably still work. I remember watching Gilmore Girls and, like, the boy she's was dating season one, oh, like, likes Nick Drake.
1: I finally know that reference.
0: What, you but watched Gilmore Girls?
1: I finally saw some Gilmore Girls from uh, some season one. And so I know the fellow you're talking about. This is so exciting. That they mentioned Nick Drake. <laughs> I, I must not have gotten that far because I don't remember that. But because I might have screamed. I might
2: have screamed. That's so funny.
0: <laughs> That's, I remember like hearing that while trying to get into Gilmore Girls and being like, oh, I could like this show. <laughs> the documentary. Yeah, what a hipster show. <laughs> uh let me make sure there's nothing else I really wanted to read to you that was interesting. I I just copy and pasted so many reviews of the albums. Um mm. Mm, there is a folklore story that um mother and child reunion, he wrote it about eating like chicken fried rice. <laughs> there was like egg and chicken and there was like a reunion of chicken and the egg. Like mother and child reunion—that's a rumor I I'd, I'd read. I I, I just hope wanted to tell you true. That. <laughs> Big if true.
1: <laughs> Big if true. <laughs> and I'm glad you've told me because I will think of that now when I listen to it. it takes on all That's all I think
0: it about me. is chicken fried rice. <laughs>
1: wow. Yeah. Oh, this is now nah, I'm just going on a tangent, but here we are. Um, I one of the more modern bands that I like is Alt J. I don't know if you care for Alt J.
0: I do like alt I oh, do like
1: alt j yeah. okay. Um, yeah. But I completely missed that they had released an album this year.
0: Um, they did. They d- it's kind of weepy.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weepy. Yeah, so I, I only recently tried to give it a listen. I haven't gotten through the whole album yet. A little disappointed. But the first track on the album, Bane, I actually really, really, really like. And then I looked up the lyrics, and I realized that it's about drinking Coca-Cola. <laughs> the, the whole song is about...
0: Heck yeah. Being addicted to chicken. Now I like Coca-Cola. it even more. Yes. so Now I like it even more.
1: Chicken fried rice song. Coca Cola song. <laughs> Building up my food
0: representative. There. There. <laughs> <laughs> there. 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 There.
1: There. 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 There.
0: There. 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 There la la kimosabi pleasure the goatee pleasure <laughs>
1: Kimo, <sab. laughs>
0: and then cardi b comes in with the la
2: la 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 <laughs> la 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 la, la.
1: <laughs> yeah back when rock was young i'm not gonna try to do a cardi b impression <laughs> can't do i it. can't do Cardi
0: B. no that's not this podcast no